Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 108. And yes, we are still here at Cloud Open and LinuxCon, still doing podcasts. Um... So, first of all, thank you to OpenNet Citrix and the Linux Foundation for their sponsorship. And today we're going to talk a little bit more uh, about OpenStack and Project Neutron in particular. And so joining us on the, the podcast, we have Mark McLean. Hello. We have Kyle Mestry. Hi. Back again. And are we recognizing you, Ian? Uh, well, I suppose we'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Ian Wells from Cisco as well. So, right. hey. So <laughs> you guys, have to say anything uh, else. Introduce ourselves, you know, kind of what do you do related to Neutron and OpenStack and, you know, why do we have you on today? Okay, uh, this is Mark. I'm, I'm the program technical lead for the OpenStack networking project, uh, Neutron, formerly Quantum. Um, so I'm in the technical side of uh, Neutron, as well as uh, I work for DreamHost on the okay. Dream Compute product okay. as well. So I work for a deployer in the ecosystem. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So I'm Kyle Mestri, and uh, I work for Cisco, the office of the CTO, working on OpenStack stuff. Um, I'm also a recent Neutron Core member uh, to the team, so working on... Yeah, actually, for the last Havana release, I spent a lot of time on ML2, actually, as well. Okay. So. Right. Uh, I'm Ian Wells. I work for the Chief Architects Office in Cisco, and I'm sort of... I am half and half. I sometimes work on OpenStack, programming in OpenStack, and sometimes I work writing applications for OpenStack. And, uh, one of the things I've been working on there is Viral, the, which is a network simulation environment for uh, simulating routers connected together, and we used OpenStack as the infrastructure for that. Very cool, very cool. So, uh, technical lead for it, you're on the, you're on the, the sort of the core team now. Where is, so, a couple things. Uh, we switched names of the project. Right. Uh, is there any reason for that other than some maybe legal problem? Uh, so, yeah, the name change was a legal reason. Okay. Uh, took a little longer than we would have liked. We went through lots of candidates, but finally settled on one that got sign off uh, this right. time. So, so, uh, so Quantum is Neutron. Um, what's, the, what's the state of it? I mean, like, you know, early days it was uh, move it out of Nova, give it its own project. It was create L2 VLANs or L2 bridges. Like, that was a couple of releases ago. Where are we today? Yeah, so the L2 um, started an Essex release, which was four releases ago now. Um, and so coming into Havana release this fall, uh, we really moved on past that. So we've, we've filled out some of the L3 features that were missing. Um, we've jumped into services big time in Havana release. Uh, VPN is a service. Firewall, Edge firewalls is a service. Um, we've also gone in underneath the hood and kind of re-architect some of the little, uh, some of the some of the L2 portions of it. Kyle's been working on the, on the module L2, which is a really cool feature because it allows you to connect segments and allows you to have drivers and multiple yeah. uh, vendors connected in. Um, so you know, now we're working on multiple levels in the stack, which is really kind of more exciting than what we were working on before. We're very just um, constrained just L2 just to get out just to get out of the gate. Okay. And you know, at one point there was. A networking stack still in Nova. There was some in. Is, is that kind of fully deprecated, or is there still two? Or so there's still two. NovaNet is still there for simple cases, um, but in terms of if you really want good isolation, you want scalability, you want to you 
you want to use Neutron. Okay. Um, it, it provides you a rich, um, in addition, rich feature set. Also gives you a rich choices of vendors, and, and you're not relying on just VLANs because VLANs scale only to a certain point, as we all know. And so you're going to hit that uh, limit pretty quickly. Uh, also, the story around uh, V6 is also a lot better um, in uh, Neutron than say a Nova network. Okay. So we talked earlier today, uh, I think if you go back to episode 105 or 106 when Kyle was on, we were talking about open daylight, and we got into this sort of discussion about, you know, SDN, controllers, network virtualization, and then where does it fit into something like OpenStack that kind of has a, a network plug-in, that has some control over it. Like, let's, let's kind of explore that. So you've got... Uh, OpenStack, which does basic network provisioning, and then you've got sort of these emerging types of controller types of networking. Like, what's the thinking around that from an OpenStack perspective these days? So the thinking around it is, when you really take a look at Neutron, it's a consistent API that that uh, tenants of a cloud would use to provision resources. It's very neutral because all the OpenStack Neutron API does is talk to the Northbound API of the actual controller. So it's it's via pluggability. The Neutron itself really does very little of that except for just the open source reference implementations just to give everybody a baseline for testing. Most people deploying are using, you know, one of the uh, open source solutions or using a proprietary solution to actually power the network. Okay. Okay. And so is the is the feeling that you guys are, are generally obviously you know, we talk about daylight, there's stuff like, you know, VMware has NSX and mm-hmm. there's some other control I mean like are you guys trying to be sort of controller neutral then so it's just a pluggable type of interface yeah so we're controller neutral to pluggable interface uh, the nice thing is is that allows us to um, get all the members of the community and networking community to come together and work together on solving kind of the generic issues that apply to all the different controllers and different uh, services folks want to offer yeah and then we just standardize on a plug-in interface and so from a deployer standpoint, it gives you nice options because now you have a multi-vendor store where you can go in and you have a choice of vendors. You're not locked into one versus with some of, if you were to pick, say, a particular controller, they all have their own unique APIs and then you're locked in. You can't move. If you spin up new availability zones, you can't choose different hardware and learn as you grow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and along those lines, even, we, we, we took the existing kind of Neutron model of plugins in Havana with something market alluded to earlier, this modular layer two plugin, and we kind of expanded it even more. So the modular layer, modular layer two plugin allows for separation of the segmentation from the implementation that's that's going to actually derive that. So we have type drivers and mechanism drivers with ML2. So we have uh, GRE, VXLAN, and VLAN type drivers, and then we have mechanism drivers that can plug in. And one of the obvious benefits of this right away is now you can run multiple. Uh, you know, quote unquote plugins at the same time. Whereas before with Neutron, you were limited to a single plugin. If you went with the Cisco plugin or the VMware plugin or whatever, you're limited to just that. But with ML2, you can now have, you can run, for instance, OVS and Linux Bridge at the same time. And you can also run uh, Arista and Cisco switches at the exact same time as well. Okay. And you can do VLANs or VXLAN. Right. You can you, kind of mix and match all Exactly. And, and ML2 will take care of when the, the port is being brought up, binding it to the correct host with the correct uh, segmentation type and everything like that. So, okay. So, early on, you were talking about sort of getting into the new set of services, so load balancing and firewall. Do those become, I mean, does at some point a year from now, six months from now, does, does Neutron become big enough that it's its own sort of big thing with a bunch of sub-projects underneath that? Or how do you, how, how does that structurally work, or what's the plan for that? Um, 
that's always been a kind of an ongoing discussion of where do we draw the line of where where does Neutron stop and when do we when do we say okay this is not a new service this is a new project. Yeah. Um, one of the unique things is within OpenStack they've reconfigured a little bit uh, the cycle where we have programs now and programs can have multiple projects within them. Um, and work as a unified team. So currently right now, we're doing load balancing and firewall and VPN as integrated integrated services in the same project repository. Um, as they grow, it's one of those things we will talk about and reevaluate is whether it makes sense to have them man as managed as independent projects or keep them all together. Um, right now, the current thinking, and what's worked out very well for us is a lot of times when you take a look at, say, load balancing or VPN as a service, a lot of the services need to have direct hooks into the um, L3 architecture of Neutron, and so it's easier to have those within the product repository versus having to create interfaces and version interfaces and deal with all the compatibility issues if you have multiple projects while they're linked and, and released together you still have just kind of that um, upgrading issue and some of those issues that you have to worry about. So it, we went for the simplified approach and just kind of feel it out yeah. and see how it works for us. Yeah. Now, I'll ask you guys, sort of putting your Cisco hat on a little bit. So, you know, as a, as a vendor, just as yeah. a vendor, right, so there's some yeah. political, like, when you see these, these frameworks, you know, somebody like Cisco has built architectures and you kind of have a take on how certain things would work and, and then you're trying to build this sort of more generic, like, how do you work in that framework where it's, you know, kind of trying to build as general as possible for as many use cases, then you guys have kind of a certain set of strengths or whatever that you want to right. try and emphasize. How do you balance that or, or, you know, or if you're a vendor looking in on it and you go, like, how do, how, how do I influence this? How does that kind of Well, work? I think there's two actual parts to that. So, and I'll start with the, the second part that you were talking about as far as, like, influence. I mean, if you want to have influence in a community like this, you just have to participate in the community, right? You have to have people that are working upstream. They have to be able to work with everybody else. They have to do things that aren't only targeting the vendor's interests, but are, you know, targeting the community at large, the, the so interest, making the project that, That's better. like this ML2 that, stuff where it's right. modular, but you may it's, want one module of it. Right. We might okay. be able to make our module. So I think from, from that perspective, that, you know, from how do you influence it, that's, that's how okay. you do it. Now... Another, the other thing you were asking about, um, how can you expose maybe specific functionality or if we have like a strength as a vendor and we want to do that, yeah. um, you know, there are API extensions we can do with Neutron as well. I was and so, yeah. so we can do that. Um, we can actually create extension APIs for our specific plugin if we have, you know, specific features or things we'd like to expose and thereby people using the Neutron API, they can use those extension APIs. And it's it's entirely possible that maybe the extension APIs we come up with are something that other people also want to use so they could be phased into the core API down the road type of thing. At least that was the thinking. And that's actually yeah. what's happened. The yeah. Extension APIs are a really good way for vendors to differentiate themselves. Yeah. It's also a good way for us to kind of prove out what a good API should look like, and it gives us a testing ground. Um, and we've had a couple APIs. The L3 API originally started as an extension. Uh, we'll probably make core and ice house as we start refactoring factoring the API a little bit. Um, you know, quality of service APIs have a lot of people are interested in kind of hard, are kind of interested in hardening those and, and standardizing. Um, I think y'all have some policy APIs in y'all's yeah. framework. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the extension, I mean, the extensions are really kind of the secret that helps Neutron and gives the vendors an opportunity to kind of shine. Yeah. 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 Where does security fit in all this? I mean, there's there's obviously there's a whole authentication framework for you know services, but like you know networking, some can argue there should be a bunch of security elements in there, firewall and VPN, and what do you do and 
you know, VLANs could sort of be considered security, and then there's others who would say, like, it should be in the endpoints, and then, like, do you guys have folks within your teams that are kind of security-focused, or how does that tend to play out? Well, is that is that a core thing that you're thinking about, or are you expecting it to sort of happen somewhere else? I mean, there's already security in Quantum, in Neutron, um, at various levels. There's the, the bit that was, practically speaking, borrowed for Amazon Web Services, dirty secret, really, uh, which is security on the individual ports of virtual machines. So, okay. so there's that level of, um, of ability to block ports from outside the virtual machine. So the virtual machine itself, you can do what it likes, and, and it's still protected. Um, and then there's um, uh, firewalling as a service, which we've looked into as well, to add on to that. Um, but I think the idea is that, you know, a tenant is, to a greater extent, responsible for their own destiny. We yeah. put the services there, and then they have to make use of them as they want to make use of them, and it suits their application to either use them or not, as the case may be. Okay. Um, we were having a discussion yesterday with uh, Josh McGinty, um, and we were kind of got into this discussion of, like, uh, we were talking about um, heat as a cloud formation. So we're getting a little bit off, but it'll come yeah. back. But bear with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're talking about heat in the context of like, you know, when should, what, what should a PaaS do for underlying infrastructure? What should infrastructure do? And so we're, you know, we're going to get to a point where it's like, I'm going to have this framework that lets me describe an application. You know, this number of servers and it should go in the DMZ, not in the DMZ kind of thing. What's the what's the mechanism that says I described what how the application should sort of sit together where they should sit how do I describe that to the network I mean is that a is that going to become a kind of a common language you know so in essence how do I take what looks like a Visio or a PowerPoint diagram or a whiteboard diagram and tell Neutron hey this segment should be a DMZ segment and these nodes go does that make sense is that we, we, we've had several rounds of this because I mean. Kyle and uh, his team presented ooh, Essex, the Essex Summit, which was a good year ago, year and a half now, um, about this sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> getting old. Right, um, then, um, yeah, I, I mean, part of the problem is whether you're, there's a divide between application engineers and network engineers. Right. Network engineers, we're kind of happy we can just draw blocks of machines and wires and then that's fine and it works great for us you know uh, and, and addressing comes afterwards we know how it works <laughs> application engineers to a certain point you become you're more interested in your application and wiring up the network is kind of overhead to you so um, yeah we've had a few rounds of discussion as how how you can make that a lot easier when what you're trying to do is describe a, uh, an application topology Okay. Um, and I wouldn't say we came up with any great solutions that have really stuck yet, but we, we no, certainly no, no, have but, talked this over and over. But, so. but I think that's almost like the holy grail, right? Is yeah. how can we how can we come up with something like that that the API people can utilize mm. that, that is that works for them but satisfies the needs of of the network, both you know deployers and vendors and everything like that. I mean that that type of thing. Yeah, would, it's, would be it's great. kind of I mean, a descriptive it, language or a descriptive yeah. framework, whether you totally use it or you don't. Like. Yeah, that, that's what I'm kind of trying to figure out. Is anybody yeah. working towards those things? Yeah. The discussions have been going on. I think the other issues that also popped up is there's a little bit of a just a bureaucratic of where does this go and belong? Yeah. Is this a heat? Is this a function of heat or is this a function of neutron? And then nobody wanting to step on anybody's toes. Right. It kind of the discussion's been ongoing, but I think first of all, definitively, a consensus has to be reached of where's the appropriate place to put the constructs to describe yeah. um, those relationships. Because, um, I mean, Heap will do basic network provisioning for you, but yeah. not the level you're talking of automated if 
right yeah. now. I just want to have a DMZ segment. Go make it for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And it gets even more complicated when you start talking about something we haven't talked about yet, but the service VMs and stuff. Yep. You know, like how, because now you're blurring the lines again because now Nova's involved with that as well and, yep. and yep. things like that. And, I, you know, service VMs is something that is going to be a pretty hot topic at the ice house design center yeah. as well. I mean, i got to imagine yeah. that same where does the function go you're going to have between yeah. Neutron and Daylight, right? It's Yeah. I mean, because if, if you're getting into, like, I can provision a firewall and I can provision load balancers, I mean, like, why do I need the controller because you can just stick it on a server you can and mix the whole thing up completely right. i mean it, you can turn up a i can start a firewalling service we've got you know cisco yeah. sells these things five virtual firewalling applications i can start it up in nova i can wire it in with neutron and then using open daylight i can control what it does now how on earth do you make any sense of that because every single component of the system is doing something weird with this yeah. so so who starts the activity and why are you doing it it just yeah yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, just hearing you guys talk about it, like, logically, I can see what each one of them does, and then you go, oh, but I have this other thing that could kind of yeah. do some of those same things. Like, I, I got to imagine that's going to be a common question people are going to ask, is like like you said, where do I start it? Where yeah. do I manage it, monitor it from? Where should, where should the single point of truth reside? Does yeah. it reside in, Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, uh, who do you even ask to start it? You can't even say, no, right. not straightforwardly. Um, and the answer to that is probably there isn't one answer. You've just got to come up with something that, that everybody who agrees makes enough sense that they'll remember it when they come to try and do it. So. And, it's not, and it's not a bad thing. I mean, it's you could say yeah, you're, a, you're a DevOpsy culture and everything's merged together, in which case maybe it works, and then other yeah. cult- places you say, like, hey, we're, we're still pretty segmented, and fine, here's your tools, and here's mine, and this is how we talk. And, yeah. Very cool. Um, so, uh, OpenStack Summit's coming up in a couple of weeks or you know, a month or so. Yeah. Daylight Summit's coming up. Uh, yeah. Lots of overlap. Are you seeing more and more network? I mean, obviously, networking is kind of a big, buzzy thing because of SDN and all that. Like, lots of overlap, same people showing up, or still kind of segmented? Or Well, I mean, I think there's... I mean, sure, you could view it as overlap, and you're seeing a lot of the same people that are interested in the Neutron community are interested in the Open Daylight, but but what you're also seeing is you're, you're seeing some people that haven't been as active in the Neutron community are being more active in Open Daylight community okay. um, and things like that, um, so so there, there is overlap. Yeah. I mean, OpenStack, I think, for the most part, has yeah. been looked at more as a application-centric, server-centric yeah. kind of yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Daylight's, obviously, yeah. you're talking to end boxes, which the vendors that sell boxes care about more, and so that makes sense. Right. Um, yeah. Very, very cool. So, um, I guess sort of last question, and I'll, and I'll throw it out. And it, so, you know, networking always used to get defined by the ITF. Yeah. Uh, more and more, it seems to be getting defined in these different sort of foundational things, whether it's open source. I mean, um, are you seeing that more and more that that the open source, the fact that I can do code, that I can, yeah. is that really where it's happening? Or is there still? Oh yeah. Know, is, is it like implementations no. in open source and protocols in IETF? Is that I, fair? I think or? that's kind of how it is. But I think more and more you're seeing the, the communities like Neutron and Open Daylight and stuff. I mean, people, you show up with code and you have a working implementation, or you, or you iterate on mailing lists with people. Whereas in the IETF, you're you know you spend years kind of debating protocol things and and. and there's a place for that, and there's also a place for what happens in the open communities. And, you know, you, you, another it, part of this is exactly where you find the expertise. The IETF, yeah. as a meeting, has, you, you know, the, the biggest concentration of network expertise you're ever going to lay your hands on. Yeah. If you want yeah. somebody to pick your, your network protocol to bits, say, that's just not going to work, right. then it's absolutely the right <laughs> place to go. Um, but you'll get the criticism you need. In certain cases, you know, yeah. the strongest protocols, the, the most trustworthy ones, are the ones that, that have had so many people just ragging on them until, yeah. 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 Cool. 
Well, guys, thank you. I think we, we are uh, a lot of networking stuff today, a lot of uh, good good clarification. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, you know, folks always kind of want to know where they can follow up and talk to you guys and like, you know, where are you guys on Twitter? Where's blogs? Where do you blog? Where do you keep your code? Stuff like that. Um, well, all of our code's in the, um, if you go to GitHub's OpenStack um, repository, um, you'll find Neutron. All of our code's there. Um, we also uh, keep track of our features and our bugs that we're tracking um, on, our, on our Launchpad page. Um, so if you search for Neutron on Launchpad, you'll find it. Um, I'm not near as prolific of a tweeter as Kyle is. Uh, <laughs> I get made fun of at times for it, but uh, I've seen you tweet occasionally. At occasionally, least yes, oh, yeah, keys yeah, occasionally, yeah. but uh, yeah. So uh, GTWMMs me so on Twitter. Yeah, and you can find me uh, at Mestri on Twitter, and I blog at SiliconLoons.com. <laughs> and social media has left me behind, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, neither neither Twitter nor a blog, but uh, yeah, my code turns up in the OpenStack uh, repositories when it turns yeah. up externally, and uh, otherwise we'll just have to wait and see what Cisco produce, <laughs> to see what I've been up to. Well, if anybody's in Hong Kong and you find these guys, go buy them a beer and uh, pick their brains, and uh, thanks guys for being on today. Yeah, thank uh, you. Thank you. Run it out. Yeah, absolutely. Before we go, we need to once again thank our sponsors. Open at Citrix, open.citrix.com, and the Linux Foundation, linuxfoundation.org. Um, if you like the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything cloudcast. Thanks for listening.